Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello? Hello. <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Work Asia. I think many people get a little scared that to improve themselves is going to cost a lot of money or they're afraid of yes it is actually a lot of hard work but it's rewarding hard work and it's you that puts yourself in there. I mean, it's true. When you start doing this, there'll be a lot of dark times. But it's just an experience, not to be afraid of it. One of the val- most valuable lines I always tell myself, or like a mantra, that there is no such thing as a negative or a positive situation. It is all a human experience. And I really like that. So when someone says, ah, oh, bad luck for them. Oh, my God, it's so negative. I go, it's just merely a human experience or something so amazing happened. And what a wonderful human experience. That way I feel like I can neutralize many things. That's how You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. There are people who bask in the limelight and those that stand in the shadows. And then there are those who can do both. They know when to shine and when to travel inward, when to stand by another and when to put the spotlight on themselves. Unafraid and unapologetic for being who she is, is Joey Mead King. Television personality, fashion and lifestyle TV host, runway coach, model, and mentor. Joey's accolades go on for pages. But beneath all the allure is a woman just like everyone else, who struggles sometimes, falters at others, rises to the occasion when it is needed, and constantly looks out to be her best self in every situation. Joey has been down the rabbit hole for a very long time. She has delved into the world of well-being and spirituality, of personal growth and development, finding herself and choosing to live her truth. When you have seen so much in life, you learn to recognize what truly matters. A masterpiece and a work in progress, just as you truly are. Welcome to the show, Joey. How are you today? Hello. I love that intro. Thank you. Thank you so much. When you know the person that you are talking to, 
So I just kind of imagined you in my mind and I was writing the intro and it was just easy. It was really easy because I know you, you know, to a certain degree. That's perfect. Thank you. So Joey, first of all, I'm so happy to have you on our show today. I've been wanting to talk to you from season one and somehow, you know, the stars didn't align, our schedules didn't match, but I finally have you here and I'm on season five. So I'm looking forward to having this great conversation with you. Yay, finally. Lucky five. All right, Joey, (laughs) you have been living on a farm with Angie during this pandemic. What has that experience been like? Sequestered from the rest of the world, living away from your comfort zone and living a whole other life than what you're used to. A huge jumble of refreshing views and then also opportunity to delve into like who I am, what life means to me, a lot of purpose thought. I was very much ready to be isolated, to hermitize. I believe I secretly wanted it. So when when the pandemic came in, fulfillment, when we arrived back from LA, we already made the decision that we will move to the farm. I was ready. I was ready to disconnect. And then as time went on, probably the second year, I also experience feelings of loneliness and knowing that I am living with Ange and we, we, we do have staff on the farm. It's because I had started delving in and understanding new, I guess, a new spirituality, my own awakening. And I wanted to converse and I couldn't converse with many about my findings or just, or just that dialogue to share and then that made me feel a little alone and I'm happy that when we started coming back into the matrix the city I was able to see the balance of the realms I didn't have to choose one side and stay there because like when you're dancing in the realms like on the farm like when I'm in my favorite spots in the farm like I call this spot called cheese spot I love it it's just a it's a beautiful world of goodness for me it sounds amazing, Joey. It sounds amazing, but it also sounds scary. It sounds a little bit intimidating. It sounds like, you know, it's a big change yeah. from your busy life. I didn't realize how much of a city girl I was. I didn't really live in nature. I had bits of it growing up in Australia, but like actually living in nature there is a lot of adjustment because we are coexisting with the real ones who are living there, which are all the insects, the animals that are already there, the reptiles. So I got used to the snakes that would come into our homes for shelter or like spiders everywhere or all types of insects. I got to know them so well that I would know their classifications. Even the birds, I would, I started becoming a bit of a birder and I would there, I count, I think about 16 types of birds and I would know their sound. I started becoming very in tune to everybody. I would know who was singing what. I would know what time they would be. I would know when they'd change foraging routines. And the crickets, I would know what times of the day it would be. I actually like that. Wow. <clears throat> that actually sounds pretty incredible because now you're actually really tuning in. I mean, if you could hear the crickets and the birds and, you know, the sounds of like nature, then you, you were listening to everything. You were probably listening to every thought you were thinking. You were probably like 
every moment must have been so much bigger than, you know, when it the same moment in the city, which we might not even pay any attention to. So that moment colors of the wind. (laughs) Every time it was like a windy day, I would feel like I was Pocahontas walking around the colors of the wind. Have you ever heard the moon? moon? Especially when it's full moon. I get really mystical (laughs) with full moon. I would have a ritual because I feel like everything's enlarged on the farm. You see all the stars. I feel like the moon energy is a lot more intense. So I would have crystal baths out. I would have routines of writing letters. I'm this close to dancing around naked already in cheese spot. <laughs> that close. It's only because I didn't want to get bitten by sometimes some of the red ants or there's moments. I mean, I could do a lot out there. And then actually in a spot where, we, where I do meditate, sometimes there'll be the odd fisherman. And I'm wondering what they think because sometimes I'll play sounds, I'll play some chants, I'll play some mantras or singing bowl, whatever my mood is to mixing it up with Whitney Houston or Chemical Brothers. Depends on my mood on that day. I'm sure the fishermen are just like, whoa, what is she? What's she on? <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. I love how that sounds. I think it's, um, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity really? to actually live that way. So what did you get from that, Joey? Like, what kind of lessons did you learn? What did it do for you? Because it wasn't a short stint. I think you were, you still are, right? In and out. Yeah, we still live on the farm. But uh, especially this last few weeks, we've we've had a lot more activities in the city. So we we have a halfway home, which is here now in the city. But yeah, pretty much straight, almost straight for two years. Two years. Wow. So tell me, like, if you look back and reflect back, to the two years, what has changed for you as a person? Are there some specific like lessons that have, you know, I don't know, made you look at things differently or act differently? Oh, yes, definitely. Especially when it's become comparative to city lifestyle, how much more I appreciate slow living. Even with my cadence when I'm walking, I, I'm walking just at a medium tempo because I like to hear Mm -hmm. the birds even the city I check what breeds are around me I'm always looking up I feel like that I speak to them more than when someone passes me by I'm more concerned with oh there's a big group of Mayas over there it's interesting oh (laughs) just we're just checking out different the animals that I see that are being walked by their owners I take more time out looking at details details of God (laughs) amazing because we're usually looking down at our phones, right? But you're looking up at the sky. I mean, what you have a so much better view. Yes, even with the phone, I've put an hour timer on my social media. So I don't spend time scrolling because it becomes, you know, a dopamine. I'd rather have my dopamines come from my outside appreciation or what I'm putting inside internally. I try to look for these other rewards instead of the phone. And that's because I believe on time. And what does that give you? I just feel more that I am living more in the day. I'm being more present and appreciating little things more in the day by looking up and looking around and hearing and watching. Or even when I see like an older couple walking by, I'll zone in onto their behaviorisms, holding hands or children, babies. I zone into little things that 
I actually get a smile from. Like this morning, I was having breakfast. I watched the mother and the daughter, and she was all for her daughter's artwork. She was there applauding her daughter. And like little things like that, I was just looking up, and then I'd smile and go back to my email. I like that that I'm conscious of these things. And I appreciate those moments because I feel like they're like tiny little good vibes in the day that kind of top me up. Yeah. I love how you said that, like little moments that top you up. And it's really about what you're focusing on, isn't it? You're focusing on these little, you know, pockets of just beauty and positivity and, and love. And even when you're looking up at the birds, you know, you're looking at nature and what God created, right? So they say, I think what you focus on is what you create more of. Where attention goes, energy flows. I, I love that quote. So it's really about what you're focusing on is bringing that kind of energy and uplifting you and making your life so much more meaningful than perhaps it was before you started yeah. to do these things. Also, having the opportunity to hermitize, my creativity started brimming. I, I, I wanted to crochet for so long and I, I was able to buy a whole bunch of yarn and I have my assortment of sticks and I would just create. I just make anything. And that was very meditative for me to make art with my hands or I'd make my clothes. I'd made scarves. I'd made hats. I made a sweater. I made a knit dress. And then I started weaving like little and it kind of it looks like a kindergarten one of those classroom in some of the the walls of our home and the farm, but it makes me feel happy that I created all these things. And I liked it. I liked where I would catch my breathing as I'm weaving or just creating something from nothing and then finding sticks around the farm to use to hold my weaving up. I like that, just kind of combining with nature. And, and then I started also getting into drumming for some like midlife crisis moment in my life and I just started one I just wanted to learn how to play the drums and I got myself a drum set so I believe like musically and artistically I was able to play when I hadn't had the opportunity to play and discover sometimes we forget that as we become adults of course it's interesting because you know you have graced you know, fashion magazines, the runway, you know, you've probably been the muse for so long. And now you're the one who is creating, you are expressing um, before you were the expression of what other people were creating, whether it is in a photo shoot or, you know, it was a new fashion collection. So I think that's kind of interesting. You're like coming full circle almost. um, And, and, you know, having that different side of the experience. How do you feel about that? That's true. For so many years, I I was the canvas. I was the paintbrush for others to create yeah. and see what masterpiece would come out of a shoot or how a runway show would be executed. I open it, I close it, even presenting for, for television. Do they even use the word television nowadays? Uh, there is always such an art form to it. But what came with it was pressure from other people's hopes. For me, it was just to perfect and do a job well done. And then becoming the creator, I was the one able to tell myself I did a good job. 
maybe my little art pieces may not be sought after or like, oh my God, make more of them. But for myself, they're an accomplishment for me. And I think that was important because I lacked patting myself on the shoulder for accomplishments. They'd become too much like an ego resume for me. Like, okay, that's done. That client there, this brand is done. We're good. Move, move, keep moving to the next. And I just appreciated being on the farm by not having to even think of such situations for a while. Wow. So Joey, it's almost like, okay, you went from this blank canvas to now being the person who's creating. How did that sort of work with your identity is almost like the receiver to now the giver. How has your identity transformed over time? across these different experiences of your life? Never been asked that, but I do think of it though. Like, what's my identity? But I, one thing I did would say if anyone would ask, what's your title? How do we introduce you? And I, I didn't like the, you don't have to say model or presenter. Please don't say VJ. <laughs> but, <I'd, laughs> but if there was an identity or role, I would say I am a co-custodian of land. <laughs> so my purpose is a multi-dimensional being that it's a co-custodian of farmland. It's a purpose. <laughs> wow. But for identity, maybe I'm still working that out. I feel like we're all malleable and can shift in, I guess, in our different forms or whatever we feel that we are most suited in or where we are best at. But as of now, I'm just a, a multi-dimensional being just always shifting to different purposes as that. That sounds <laughs> incredible. Joey, a lot of people say we have to lose our identity mm -hmm. to actually find ourselves. We almost have to break down everything we knew to be true about ourselves and then build it up together, almost like, you know, one brick at a time or one step at a time to recreate, you know, this identity that is more purposeful. I almost feel like that's what you did on the farm, right? because you disconnected. Yeah, but even before that, losing identity, yes, I can answer that one more because I lost identity during, just before Angie's transition, probably the two years or three years before she was, where she publicly was acknowledged, where I did not know like what I represented to her life or my life. And I had an identity crisis and even a gender crisis. I had gotten my hair cut in a pixie, thinking I needed to be more masculine because I believed that being more masculine, I could protect us. This is when we go out in public in other countries because Angie's presenting more of a female expression. I felt like we could be a vulnerable target depending where we travel to. So if I look more masculine, maybe I could protect us from possible threats. So I know I was having an identity crisis then. So that, I believe, I was the moment of losing myself. And how did you find yourself again then? I mean, it must have been a, a really interesting period because here Ange is going through her own transition, her own identity kind of you know, recreation, and then you were having your identity crisis even before, right? So it's like the theme of this whole identity, finding your identity, deciding to be who you want to be is almost parallel for the two of you. Yes. 
right? So how did you get through that? Because obviously your situation is unique, but there are people I see, you know, and I'm sure you have encountered a lot of people and they're all struggling with their identity. They're all trying to figure out who am I? What am I here for? You know, how do I present myself? You know, I just worked with someone actually yesterday who was like, I've lived my entire life pretending to be something I'm not because I thought everyone else expected me, like my family or, you know, they expect me to be a certain way. And I just realized that, you know what? Maybe if I allowed myself to be my true self, they would accept me too. So it was never about other people. It was always about them. So tell me, how do you look at that phase in your life? And how did you get to the other side of that? I'm so grateful that I was able to experience that. could have just continued pretending or being an identity that was given to me for work-wise. But because I believe I've been gifted with my life with Angie, I had an opportunity to really discover what am I made of and purpose of being here in this timeline. And hopefully, possibly, I work out what else can I do with this? But from the years of my younger youth to my 20s and 30s, I just molded whatever country I was working in. I just molded myself into what would work for the job. What did they want? I will morph myself into that because model had to be a businesswoman. You want to get the job. And I would. And I do very well. And I felt like that was my validation that I'm so good at doing this. Because being a model is important to be a comedian. And then as time went on and in the relationship with Ange, all of that is just a facade, really. But I wouldn't have had a chance to see it until you're totally faced with really, what are you made of? And who are you? Yeah. And when you, yeah, when you take off all the bells and whistles, it's quite a relief. And when you have that little moment of serenity and like an inner sanctuary to be your actual self, wow, a lot of uh, weight gets taken off your shoulders. And you realize, why did I put this weight on there in the first place? But we just do. <laughs> yeah. Two things, Joey, two things. I love how you said that the identity that was given to us from the time we were born until, or at least until we decided to take on and continue that identity, what we were told about ourselves by you know, our upbringing, our environment. I mean, that's really interesting is we don't have to be, you know, married to that identity for our entire life. Yes, we were raised with a certain identity and we at some point may decide that that identity does not fit with who we feel on the inside, right? And so I encourage anyone listening in who is struggling with identity is you don't have to be like doomed for life and that you have to be that identity that was given to you. The second thing um, I wanted to say, Joey, is we really know or we, we really learn who we are made of and who we want to be in these difficult situations, isn't it? Right? Yeah. I mean, if if we're faced with a challenge, then we have two options. 
I can run and hide or kick and scream and throw a tantrum that I'm not, I don't want this. This is not what I signed up for, you know? Why is this happening to me? And a lot of people get stuck there. Or we can just pull up our bootstraps and be like, okay, this is the situation. How am I going to grow? How am I going to choose to show up here? You know, how am I going to take this forward? And I think that if there's anything a person can see about you immediately without knowing anything about you is that that's what you did, right? You took a very challenging situation and said, I'm not going to moan and complain and cry. And maybe you did for a while because we all have to go through that little bit of like, you know, denial, but you actually faced up to it and you turned it into, I almost want to say your strength, your, your life defining moment where you got to decide who you want to be, who you're going to show up as and how you want the rest of your life to look like. And you highlighted that you said, wow, this is who I am. And it felt so much easier and lighter. And why was I wearing all that, you know, armor, all carrying all that, you know, that I was carrying with me for that long. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to hear you say that. What advice would you give people when they are faced with that kind of situation? Well, as I was saying earlier, like creating that inner sanctuary can start off first with journaling, simple journaling, or like exactly what you said, checking into what you do, what you like, was this coded in you by a parent or who your mentor is? Or did you do this yourself? Did you come up with like, do I really like the color blue? Or was I told to like the color blue? Something simple like that to kind of hone into what it is about you and to not look at anything with any judgment. It's a practice of being in non-resistance. And when you find out what I realized, I had a lot of resistance and denial and judgment as I was writing these things down. And the moment I was able to turn around the pages and see like, ah, no judgment, you become, you start to flow better. And you can write about anything about yourself, all of the traits that you value, all the traits that you have picked up, um, all the maybe behaviors you'd like to enhance, you'd like to evolve more of. And then that's when you know that, wow, many things are possible. I didn't realize I put too many limitations on myself. And also start to take a look at a lot of modalities that are out there that are free because you can do a lot of modalities for your own self-healing. I think many people get a little scared that to improve themselves is going to cost a lot of money or they're afraid of, yes, it is actually a lot of hard work, but it's rewarding hard work and it's you that puts yourself in there. I mean, it's true. When you start doing this, there'll be a lot of dark times. But it's just an experience, not to be afraid of it. One of the most valuable lines I always tell myself, or like a mantra, that there is no such thing as a negative or a positive situation. It is all a human experience. And I really like that. So when someone says, ah, bad luck for them. Oh, my God, it's so negative. I go, it's just merely a human experience. Or something so amazing happened. And what a wonderful human experience. That way I feel like I can neutralize many things. That's how I I think that's such a great trip, a tip. I mean, not trip, but it's also a great trip. trip. But yeah, and it's great because 
the positive or the negative is what we assign to it, right? It is what it is. Like this happened, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, it happened. It is us who decides that it is a good thing or a bad thing or bad luck or whatever, right? And so how we choose to define that experience actually colors how we feel about it, right? So let's say I lose something important to me. I lose a ring, okay? I'm just going to use that example. It is a bad experience if I decide that I've lost it and how could I do this? And then I'm going to feel bad about it. Why did I lose it? I'm going to blame. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Blame myself. You know, that's what I'm going to take from assigning it as something negative. I could also say, okay, I lost this ring, but you know what? It's okay. Somebody will find it and they will have it. And maybe this is meant to go to someone else and bring them joy. And I'm not supposed to have it. And then maybe now this opens up space in my life for me to get something else to replace that ring, you know, because it's time for me to move on. Yeah. Right. And the ring could be a relationship that we have lost. It could be, you know, um, something at work that we were a promotion we wanted. Um, it could be a friendship. It could be a hope, a wish, a dream that didn't manifest. It stands for anything, right? That we assign the experience a positive or negative value, which then makes us feel certain emotions that we now carry forward and they affect yeah. us. Right. And the more we assign the experiences in our life negatively, the more negative emotions we carry in our sort of backpack of life. And the more we struggle, the more difficult life seems, the more helpless or hopeless or victim or all of that that we start to create. And they're just stories we're telling ourselves about these human experiences that you have aptly called them. Because they were never right or wrong, bad or good, positive or negative. They just were things we had to experience and we had to choose. How am I going to react? How am I going to show up in this particular experience? Or even what can I learn? I love this conversation, Joey. I love what we're coming up with. My sister-in-law, she's going through some hard times. She's a young woman and called up crying. She was having a moment and sharing with me that she can't confide in her friends. They've told her that she's 
too much or too intense and she feels terrible and hope things will smoothen out. And just listening, which I always feel like is really important, just listening instead of uh, giving a solution. It's also one, if I was to advise anyone for wanting to support someone is learning the art, just listen and don't give a solution, don't soothe it over, just give space. So I was listening to her and I suggested, I got, he said, thank you. I was but for what? They're not there for me. I go, thank you for the honesty that they shared with you that it's hard for them to support you at this time. I go, how wonderful that there's honesty still in the relationship and not to expect it goes smooth and over in this current timeline now, what's happening now. He said, I'm calling you. But do you feel a little relief that I'm here and listening to you? He says, yes, thank you. Got it. Where are you now? What's your view? Uh, it's snow and then beautiful trees and fountains. Thank you. Keep going. Keep going. And then maybe everything. What's happening now? And it's like a little gratefulness. And how are you feeling now, sis? Just good, better, good, there. Just a little tiny tip of, to help you get out of a little mucky moment. Just to constantly be in appreciation. It helps with anxiety. That's all. Super simple. Super simple. It also is a practice where we could do it together. Sometimes when you advise someone, they say yes, but they don't see for them. Unless you do an activity together and let them acknowledge it that they're doing it. Yeah. Wow. You know, the listening, right? I mean, that's what holding space is, isn't it? It's to allow the person to unburden themselves, to just hear them. Because you're right, that's what people are really looking for. They just want to be heard. They want to be able to talk out and express how they're feeling. And for someone to hold the space without judgment, without trying to make any decisions or push them into anything or give them a solution, right? Because I actually do believe, Joey, and I'm sure maybe you agree with me too, that all the solutions are within us. Like no one can give us a better solution than ourselves, right? And even when we work with like other people, like when I'm coaching people or I'm healing people, at the end of the day, my job is not to offer them a solution. My job is to help them hear the answers that are coming from within themselves anyway. Yes, I guess that that's also a beautiful reward in itself when you're able to listen to you because when we get in a bit of a, a rut, we deafen ourselves with our thoughts and we'll mm. want to soothe in it with a treat, buy something, uh, watch something. Distraction. Distraction. When there is such, there is nectar in that part where you just listen to yourself because the possible guidance, it's a mixture of guidance, solution, or just your awareness in that moment. It's just here. It's just here. <laughs> but sometimes we just don't feel yeah. it. <laughs> or sometimes we just say, not now. A little later. I can't do it. And that's okay, too. Yeah, as long as we circle back to it, right? Sometimes we just kind of say, I'll, I'll get back to it, and then we just don't. So I think the key to that, the key to not now, I'll deal with it later, is to remember to come back to it. Um, and not to get distracted by, you know, our lives. But as you were talking, 
this thought came to my mind. It's how we raise our children. Like if my child is crying or hurt, I will quickly distract them from the pain or from whatever's upsetting them and try to get their attention to something else so that they stop crying. Or, you know, even with a child who, like I have a a one and a half year old, and if she grabs something dangerous that I don't want her playing with, like a pencil, right? She might poke her eye or something, right? I have to give her another toy so that I can sneakily remove the pencil from her grasp. Otherwise, my daughter will just hold it tightly and she will grab it and she will like run away with it, you know? She's really cheeky. She like, she's totally my personality, which is like, if you try to take something from me, I'm just going to pull it harder. That's how I was as a child. Um, But that's what I do with my children is I distract so that I can redirect their mind to something else. And... I've always kind of seen that as a good parenting tool, which is distract your child and redirect. But I wonder if at some point we have to start teaching them to sit with how they feel. You know, if you're crying and upset about something, then maybe I need to tell my child, you know, especially when they're a little bit older, like maybe around four or five, maybe even six. I think I need to start putting more of an emphasis on okay, well, let's just feel how we're feeling. You know, let's go into that feeling. Let's, and maybe these are life skills that we need to learn. Our parents didn't get to teach us, but we need to teach our sort of younger generation that we don't need to distract, but we need to go into those feelings. Because I see it with my kids already. I see it with my six or seven-year-old boys that if they don't want, like they're tired or they don't want to deal with something, can I watch TV? Can I go and, you know, play a game on the iPad? You know, it's like, what can I do? But they're actually just tired. They just don't want to deal with the tiredness and acknowledge it. So they want to distract by doing something, doing something, doing something. And I think that's how it was for us as kids, right? Our parents would just, you know, try to keep us busy with things. And no one really encouraged us to sit with how we feel or to ask ourselves those questions. and. We need to do this for ourselves. Like we need to parent ourselves and do it for ourselves, but we also need to parent our children and teach them that. Constantly parenting myself. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder, really. I need to kind of go back and do a bit more of that. There's another thing I saw. We we just had a vacation with our siblings and bonding with our nieces. So during a swimming activity, it brings me back to my own childhood, right? When you see the little ones do things and you catch what the parent says to the child and you reminisce on my goodness I was told the same thing so we were teaching the our eldest niece to swim at, but with her head in the water learning to hold her breath and come out just a few seconds come out uh, because she was too frightened and uh, so uh, Ange and her, her bro were just like come on and then her dad was like do it for papa do it for your tita Angie and then you can see that storms just starting to lose it already and then uh pulled storm back to go storm pressure do you want because that's pressure right do it for from daddy do it for auntie angie storm do this for yourself do you want to do this for yourself do it for storm yeah okay because i realize this is what we're used to hearing but i think what did i want to hear that i wasn't told yeah i'm not blaming anyone my family but I guess it's what they're used to because it works maybe 
but just for that one yeah. instant. And she wasn't able to do it at that moment because if you say time, you say time, you say time out. It's okay to do a time out here. <laughs> you take time out, leave those bullies out here. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yesterday she swam in the ocean, like a bigger area. And then I, I just finished doing a Qigong session and I walked into the water. Tita Joy, I'll swim to you. And then boom, she swam. Like she went underneath a little bit, little bit, and then she popped her head up. Oh, Stormy, what's your name? Stormy. Yeah. It was <laughs> such a moment. It was such a moment. I felt very, Amazing. very proud of her. But I guess little parts of like my inner child felt proud. I was told, yeah, at the same time, do it for yourself. You were parenting her, but you were also parenting yourself. I got connected out of that situation. It's amazing. Such a powerful lesson, Joe, a powerful lesson for ourselves that don't do things for other people. Do it for yourself. I mean, of course, do things for the people you love, right? I don't mean it in that way. I mean, like when there's something really hard or something difficult or something that's challenging you, do it for yourself first, you know, because that really, I feel like you can really go all in on that, you know, whereas for other people, it feels like pressure. But if you're doing it for yourself, it's really just, it's almost freedom. And it's different levels of just feeling so validated with yourself and life. Yeah. I did it for me. I made the decision. But also important to take a time out. If it's a no, it's a no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we should get to pull a time out on life whenever we feel it's too much. I totally hear you. And I think that that's holding space for ourselves. Well, speaking of childhood, Joey, tell me, as you look back, you know, what were the most important experiences for you from childhood or even later? that made you who you are today. I'm asking that because I feel like, you know, you came from uh, two different cultures, you know, as a Filipino living in Australia and you actually traveled the world. I mean, you lived this very high energy, dynamic life. And then you've come to this point where you value stillness and quiet. You hear the birds, you know, You're reminding a little girl that she is important. It's a very different space today from, you know, the life. Such a contrast. I always joke with Anne. Yeah. Especially when I see things that remind me of certain parts of my life. I think, wow. I was just saying to Anne and Baraka, going through all the years of Baraka. Remember, like, First time I was here was 1997, and I did the 15 shots still standing. I would never do it again. But I'm so happy that I did. Gosh, I did so many like wild and wacky and fun things, which you should do. I do things that are really stupid. <laughs> you have to. And yeah, I'm so thankful that I did, even these situations, which was just so messy also thankful for those moments but one like I know what I got in my childhood was such a big streak of independence because yeah pretty much had to parent myself or look out for myself more times than than I could have that was the situation that was that I had but because of that situation 
it gave me that ambition to get out, learn, travel, discover, try different things, very zesty, especially when it comes to work, very game for anything, which made me, I feel like a valuable model because you could pass anything to Joey, she can do it. So I feel like that streak was valuable at that time. But at this time of my life, I appreciate slowing everything down. I just appreciate sitting back and watching and observing instead of like racing through things, hurriedly walking somewhere, meeting up here, going there. That was then, and that's great. But now I want to just steep everything in my system. I think this happens with midnight. <laughs> just everything is just so much more important now. Quality, yeah. quality over quantity. Just wanting to constantly thrive for me is luxury. Energy is luxury for me. Yeah. You know, I, I agree it's kind of like an age thing, right? That we go through these different phases. But there are a lot of people who never get there, right? Like, Joey, there's a lot of people who are still doing the that crazy, you know, nonstop distraction. And they do it all the way through. And they never want to take that, you know, different path of enjoying the quality and the quiet moments and stillness. And, you know, so... On one hand, I agree it is something that that comes with maturity. Maybe it's maturity, Joey. Maybe it's not age. Maybe it's maturity. And hopefully we get mature as we age and some of us don't. But I think it's that maturity. Which brings me to another question I wanted to ask you. What events or at which point in your life did you say, I want to know more about spirituality or I want to prioritize my well-being I want to get into these different, you know, whether it's healing or modalities, which you even mentioned earlier, what was going on for you to start reaching out for those things, which I believe those things are probably how you got to this point of appreciating the stillness and, you know, focusing on your well-being and energy and those kind of things. A lot mental health management started from wishing to shift my mindset from what I felt was I diluted myself with a lot more heavier thoughts or situations where I victimized myself too much and when I started learning more about who I am what I have experienced in my life learning to be kinder to myself becoming more openly conscious and mindful the more I felt like I branched out and the more I branched, the more I wanted to grow. And that brought me into different modalities of what else can I experience? It becomes a little bit of like a fun activity in the day, especially when it comes to meditation. There are moments when I can be in really good meditation that I'm somewhere else and I have to pull myself back because wait, it's a balance between like still feeling grounded and I guess in a certain, like a physical or mind bliss of, I can't explain it, just, just a nice ease, like a very content awareness. And I like being there a little too much. And then I started speaking a lot more to God. 
like especially my favorite parts in the on the farm just felt very in tune to nature i mean i'm talking to worms and ants and wasps and like whoever could hear me i will talk to you <laughs> i really enjoyed like on one tree that's actually covered a lot of my crochet artwork I just felt like this is like my little spiritual playground. Maybe it's something because I've never been able to speak in a space of such because things were too noisy or I was so distracted. But now I just would find it a very enchanting, very comforting, very forgiving spiritual area I'd find myself in. So, and it was easy for me to step into it whenever I want. And wherever I am I feel deeper when I'm there at the farm and the city a little bit more difficult for me to ground so still learning that I can lock in wherever but that was just really fun and and it was all mine because I couldn't share it with Ange I would tell her I'll make a cuento who I talked to that day and I just kind of felt like I would see things connect somehow like during moments of meditation, when I would come out of some meditation, I would look at the trees. I actually felt like I could see like a grid system. I actually believed that I could see everyone connect somehow. And then I'd lose it. And I'd be like, oh, wait, 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 come back, come back, come back, come back. And I, I couldn't go back there. So then it started becoming like, I think, ooh, see if I can get myself in a space. Let's see if my, my third eye <laughs> is opening. So I just had to make an, just a spot to play with, which I've never, ever done. Like, okay, come on, pineal, feeling pineal. Just moments of observation in quiet. It just became my thing. I love it. I love, first of all, I love this whole idea, the spiritual playground. I love that. Like that just conjures up the right, you know, images for me and feelings of what it's like to be playing and it's almost like you're playing like a child again. You're yes, rediscovering exactly. everything. I just right? very childlike, which gave me my own chance to give me safety. Yeah. I'm telling you, probably all the enchanted ones in the area are just like, she's back again. <laughs> They're probably there eating like their sweet corn chips or something. Like, she's back. What are you going to do now? She's going to play with a little drum kit. She's going to bring those singing bowls again. She's going to bring her stones again. She's going to leave the stones at the trees again. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> It sounds like so much fun. Joey, this conversation has been really I fun, actually. You and me talking, connecting. Our horses and our, our cats and our dogs, <laughs> they're all part of it too. Absolutely. Joey, I'm at our last question for today, which is what is your project loving myself mantra or message that you want to leave with our listener? What comes to mind? This is kind of like your big finale on today's episode. My latest mantra is just being the energy that I wish to invoke for myself and my surroundings. So it's a practice mantra that every day, being the energy that I wish for myself, being the energy I wish for myself. And it gets a little bit static sometimes, but that's my latest mantra. <laughs> be in the energy. A little nervous, a little anxiety, be in the energy. <laughs> so being the energy yeah. that I wish for each day. And it can change. It doesn't have to be like, woo, we're zen. It right. can be like party time. It can be like relaxed time. But learning right. to be in the energy that I evoke for myself. It's like a very anchoring sort of thought, isn't it? Like it actually goes back to something we were talking about. 
who do I want to be today? Who do I want to show up as? How do I want to react? Yeah. Right. And we're coming back to that. And this is your practice for that is sort of anchoring that thought for who you want to or how you want your energy to be. I think it's really, really amazing how just a simple sentence can have so much of an impact on our life with the choice we make every day. Thank you, Joey, for joining me on today's episode, for sharing all these beautiful, powerful insights, for kind of tapping into that child, you know, with me today, to chat, tap into that child in us that should be happy and joyful. Every time I speak to you, I feel like I can skip. <laughs> After every conversation, like all of a sudden, I don't know why, but I feel like skipping, like, Okay, hey, let's go skip. Get to get Marianne today. Let's skip. <laughs> okay, I like that. What does skipping mean to you? I mean, when you're skipping, it's like an unconscious joy. You're doing it unconsciously. It's not yeah. even provoked. You've got like the yeah. skipping your step, like excited for the unknown, wow. right? That's cool. That is super cool. This whole conversation has been super cool. Joey, our listeners are probably going to want to follow you or know a little bit more about you. How do they find you? Do you want to be found, by the way? Because you're you're in the farm, so you're as removed from um, from the world. So if you want to be found, if you want to allow them to be a little, be a part of your world, how do they it's connect just with you? Instagram, Vera, I will share 70% what I'm comfortable with, which is a mixture of my life and work life. So that's why you can see me. Yeah. It's actually only social media I'm cool with. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. And so that's at Joey, me, and I'll be tagging you Thank anyways. You. And then share me the link. Thank you too. Thank you. There's a lot to unpack from today's conversation. Lessons to mull over meditations perhaps that you might want to do over some of the topics that came up. Let it all sink in. In the interim, you can rate and review this episode or click the share button to send this to someone who might enjoy it as much as you do. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. You are the first to get notified when new episodes release every Monday. If there's a guest that you want me to bring onto the show, share your post and tag the podcast and tag that guest too. And I will take a look if I can get them on a conversation on this podcast. If you want some help in releasing the past, healing your traumas, wounds, inner child, or fears and vices, then check out www.thirdeyeonline.com to learn about Theta Healing. You can also use code I love myself, all caps, no spaces, to get 15% discount on Theta Healing sessions for new clients only. You can also book your free one on one Theta Healing 20 minute taster session on the website. I also want to tell you about this amazing new program that I have spent the last few months crafting. I'm super excited about it, and it is going to launch March. 2023, so that's next year. However, since I am in pre-launch, I am opening up six spaces for my Soulmate Magnet program. 
where I help single women who are tired of attracting the wrong partners or none at all who want to finally find that one right person for you. If you want to know more about this program or you want to be on the wait list for March 2023, when it goes live, you can drop me a DM on Instagram on at Sanaya Gurnamal or at Project Loving Myself podcast. I leave you with a quote for today. We, as spiritual beings, created the physical world as a place to learn. It is our school, our playground, our artist studio. I believe that we're here to master the process of creation, to learn how to consciously channel the creative energy of spirit into physical form. This is said by Shakti Gawain and reminds me so much of how Joey talked about her spiritual playground. Thank you for listening to Project Loving Myself, brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. I appreciate you and you are so very loved. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. 